that's how we did it. We set up um, a vlog called the e-commerce growth show and um, it grew and grew and grew and I went into countries with value. I tried to educate rather than sell to them. That was the, the pieces to, to grow bigger, quicker, was to actually not sell. podcast that helps you open and thrive in foreign markets. This is Steve here speaking, and the question we are answering today is, how can you stand out from the crowd? How can you set yourself apart from the noise, from competition, to sell internationally? Well, I'm delighted to welcome Ken Condon, e-commerce entrepreneur and global channel director at Segmentify in Dublin. He has managed to make Segmentify sell in 32 countries, but he did it by thinking out of the box. He asked himself this question, how do I get potential customers in a room without spending too much money and by doing it differently from what my competition is doing? <laughs> Believe it or not, but he began to scale revenue globally by not selling. I know. Sounds counterintuitive, right? Well, bear with us for the next 45 minutes as you will reveal how we did it. Stay tuned. Hi, Ken. Thank you for being here on the International Corner Podcast. How are you doing today? Yeah, great. Thank you very much for, uh, for having me. And uh, it must be tough for you, uh, different time zones and all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it's 5 p.m. here in, in Dublin, Ireland at the moment. So um. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And perhaps before getting into today's topic uh, regarding how you can stand out of the crowd to sell internationally, I think it's very important to differentiate yourself, differentiate yourself from competitors. Could you perhaps start by introducing yourself to the audience and what you do, obviously? Um, yeah, so um, Ken Condon is my name. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm based here in Dublin, but... I currently work in 32 countries globally. Um, what do I do? Um, I work in the world of AI personalization and microanalytics. Um, and I work with a company called Segmentify.com from Turkey. I have this concept because it's season two right now called the icebreaker. Basically, just imagine that you have a dice. So, you know, six uh, different faces. Could you just give me a number between one and six? And I will just ask you a question and, you know, just answer to the best of your ability. Yes, honestly, obviously. <laughs> uh, number six. Number six. <laughs> so tell me a decision that you made or one thing that you did uh, <laughs> that your boss or your ex-boss would kill you if they, if they knew. Ooh, um, well, ex-boss, because I work for myself. Um, so one thing, there is a question. One thing that my ex-boss would have killed me for, um, hmm. I actually think, do you know what? My ex-bosses would have killed me for testing. 
Um, I would, I have to say, I believe a lot of my ex-bosses would have had a fixed uh-huh. mindset. And I've discovered over the last couple of years how having a growth mindset is is far more superior and far more um it, it will grow your business it, you have to think outside the box and you have to test and you'll get burnt um and you will have failures um but if you've learned from them um you'll grow and i, I found a lot of my ex-bosses were very safe um they played inside the lines and um i don't think you grow if you play inside the lines you have to step outside and but you have to learn too. So yeah, that's that, that's probably it. They'd kill me for uh, for for trying lots of different things. And uh, I'm a person that comes at things from. I'll come at you from fifteen different mm. directions, and I'll experiment and I'll, I'll explore things and I'll um, I'll deep dive into um, things like your psyche coming at you from uh, different signal messages and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically, basically what, what he would kill um, you for. <laughs> is that, is, is, yeah, that yeah, probably, is that something yeah. you actually did under his management and then you tried to hit it from him? <laughs> I've always had my own way of doing things and it's probably always gotten me into <laughs> trouble. <laughs> so um, I, I, I've always, I, I've told the line, but I've always... I've always tried to find a quicker route from A to mm. C. Um, and I never liked going through B to get there. Um, I'll do it if all else fails, but um, I, I do step out of the lines and I, my brain is... You ask anybody that I work with nowadays, even my customers, they'll get a text message at half five in the morning um, when I'm out running or jogging or doing the gym or something and something will come in my head and I'll send them a message and they'll it'll be about mm-hmm. growth and it'll be just something that came to me and then can I go, Ken, what the hell? Like, stop sending <laughs> messages. But it's because my, my brain is constantly trying to figure out how to um how to get ahead. And um, that doesn't happen between nine to five. I believe you. And especially from the past conversation and, and some insights that we're going to dig in today, I, I completely believe that that's something your boss would kill you for, for sure. <laughs> so going back to, I would <laughs> say, um, today's topic and like, how did you start selling internationally? Um, in in the field that I'm in right now, how I started internationally, um basically I started with Ireland um I discovered the Irish market at the time which was four five six years ago now in personalization maybe more seven years ago um it wasn't educated enough in a way where they were using their data as well as maybe the States or the UK or Germany, one of those countries, we're always a year or two behind. Um, and it's mainly because the e-commerce industry in Ireland is a lot smaller. And um, so that that was the one thing that I found, the pool that I was playing in was small. Um, so I wanted to reach out. I wanted to explore. And as I said, I'm one of these people that comes at a problem from multiple directions. So um, I had Europe as a playing field or a playground um, next to me. So I joined an e-commerce association that was connected to Europe. And then that e-commerce association introduced me into 
people in Europe. And I actually started my European journey and my journey to global, I won't say global domination and start laughing and <laughs> stroking a white cat, but uh, my, my journey to global, it actually came via Slovenia of all, all right. places um, and then moved across um, that whole region. And then it took me from that region um, to South America. And then from South America, it brought me back into Europe, into the UK and Germany and places like that. So it's been a weird journey and each market has met me at their right time. So I was mature enough to step into the UK market because I built a following and I had a lot of case studies of good customers. I didn't go there first. It was a mature market. Um, so I suppose the learning there is don't step into a mature market unless you can play at the same pace that they are playing at. Um, when I stepped into Slovenia, they were at a level that I was at the same level and um, I grew and learned with them and they they were brilliant. They, they knew what they wanted. Amazing, amazing people, very smart and um, the same with people in Serbia in this industry. It's it's growing very fast there, and they they, they know what they want. And so that's basically how it, how it happened. Just, um, and I haven't looked back just, ever since. Just to better understand, you said that first intro mm -hmm. was it an intro, or was it that uh, this uh, Slovenian company was part of that e-commerce association that you that you joined a few years ago? They were part. Well, no. I, So a, a person from Slovenia um, and Croatia, he covered both, was actually part of the same e-commerce organization uh, or um, lobbying group in Brussels. And uh, I was actually introduced to him. And then we had similar thoughts and ideas about technology. And he liked what I was talking about. And he liked how we were... Um, about a year, maybe two years ahead of everybody else, even though we were a startup and small. And um, he had the foresight to say, right, you need to talk to this person, this person, this person next week, and I'll introduce you and let's see what happens. And that, that was basically it. I went there, met them, delivered what we wanted to deliver, and um, we're still with those customers and we've expanded okay. Um, in the whole Adriatic. I'm actually probably a market leader in most of it now, and it started from that. But it was, I have to say, it was calculated in some way. Um, I needed to play in a bigger pool, and I discovered that the best way to do that is to meet people on the inside of the networks mm. and get them to introduce you rather than you knock cold on the door. Like It's, so. So, and that's where it gets interesting for me. Also, Just to make sure that I, I'm I'm up to speed there. When you say that the Slovenian became your customers, did you did you mean as in just like Segmentify, you started to work for them and then just deliver, you know, your 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 AI and actually uh, uh you know like work for them or something else? So I actually originally set up my own um, AI business and I was going to bring some of the best technology from all over the world and bring them all together and then answer problems with the best technology. Um, Segmentify was one of those because I was previously working at one of its competitors and when I saw Segmentify's technology, 
it was so far advanced, I couldn't believe it. So what happened was the Segmentify actually cannibalized all my business and all the other tools, even some tools that I had created myself with other people over a year or two all got put on a shelf and are still gathering okay. dust. And then the customers in Slovenia um, needed what Segmentify had, um, didn't have budget to kind of test, wanted to do that without um, without a risk um, and wanted good figures. So delivered that in a day or two, basically. And um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. So that that's basically what I did was I brought Segmentify All right. into those regions. And now, now I have Segmentify in... Um, about 32 different countries. They were already in quite a few mm. countries as well, but um, not with me. So now it's a little bit deeper. And um, now, as I said, I kind of work practically. Now, I wouldn't say I work, f- I do work fairly full time, full days on Segmentify. Mm. Um, so now it has taken over my business okay. completely. And you mentioned 32 countries, which is quite impressive. Did you get to those 32 countries simply out of recommendations, referrals, as it happened for the first Slovenian one? So I learned, I learned from lessons learned. Uh, every project manager in the world has that tattooed on their arm, lessons <laughs> learned. So um, I, I, that I learned, I learned that I, I, I gather, I'm one of these people that puts away something and keeps it for a rainy day to use it to to make business and my brain kind of does that kind of thing but lessons learned I, I discovered something that worked and all the pieces fit into place so then I went into my network I went into LinkedIn and I found similar minded people that um, got excited about technology so that was the most important piece was finding people that were culturally similar to you and when I say culturally I mean that they had an appetite for technology and they had an imagination because in my industry I I, I fear we've got to a stage where a lot of the people working for those tech companies have no imagination they're just selling the tech company's dream and they never try to expand or help their tech company get bigger and So that was one thing I needed was to find people that um, kind of went, oh, wow. And the minute I saw their eyes light up, I knew that they were the right partner for me. And um, that's basically what happened. I found different people like Carlos that you had on the show there lately. Um, Great guy. Um, Imaginative, which is what you need. You need somebody that can... um, know how to enter a country so that's how we did it we set up um a vlog called the e-commerce growth show and um it grew and grew and grew and what i did then was i just i i went into countries with value i tried to educate rather than sell to them and um that was the the pieces to to grow bigger quicker um was to actually not sell Um, which probably sounds a bit strange, but um, yeah, for the first time ever, we weren't selling. We were just talking to people, um, asking questions, gathering information, and then um, then they asked us, "Show us what you're doing. We hear good things. Can we test this? Will it cost?" Um, and they asked the questions, and then we showed them, and 
more customers came on board and that's basically how it's worked and so far. And what you mentioned, we are going to deep dive into this. Two points I noted down that I wanted to go back to. First one is that you said that for you, first step, it was very important to find people that are culturally similar to you, that are uh, that have lots of imagination. So you mentioned Carlos that I did actually um, receive on this podcast. How did you find them? Like, what were you looking for? Because, I mean, LinkedIn is an ocean of everything and nothing at the same time. What What did you use to find those people that that were that had similar mindsets as yours? Well, firstly, you've met Carlos, so uh, to be honest with you, you can't get away from <laughs> Carlos on LinkedIn. <laughs> so uh, that is true. all you have to do is switch it on, and he's waving at you from from some place <laughs> or other. Like, and uh, when he hears this, he's going to be flying to Dublin to uh, to to beat the crap out of me. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, I I think um, I think you. You become a part of communities. You you add yourself into groups online. You, you you find out where your customers are too, and what where they're talking and where they're gathering. If you don't know where your customers are online, then you're in the wrong game. Um, so wherever they're at, you need to be, and then you look around for people in the industry that might be able to connect you to them and introduce you to your target customer and. Um, that's basically how I do it. Like, and do you spot them with I don't know hashtags? Are you looking at hashtags? Because obviously, I understand Carlos um, actually posts a lot, and it's amazing. But if you're not connected to him in the first place, right? Sure, the LinkedIn feed you see a lot of things. But what I mean is, are you looking for specific? I don't know, like uh, keywords, or or it's really just depending on what is thrown at you. Then you just manage to find your way. Because there are some people that stand out and then you just think, okay, yeah, I should connect to that person and it just happens. Um, no, to be honest with you, with me, it was probably a bit more simpler where um, I went to go to a territory and I probably filtered um, e-commerce managers mm. or I probably filtered um digital marketing or and then I the people lined up and then I went looking at each individual profiles I had a look at what content they were sharing and you can tell a lot from the profile too whether the person is a guy that just gets up in the morning goes to work and then comes home and never pushes um and never goes outside of his um the box that he's in um you can see that by profiles whether people's people even guys that put humor of some <laughs> sort in their linkedin i so want to be their friends <laughs> i don't want to be friends with all the guys that go i do this please you can see it like even though people will look at my linkedin now later and say i look like a serial killer <laughs> but i'm not that serious but it was just the camera woman and I hate photography. So it was after about the 200 photograph, I just went, Oh, just would you take this one? And I stuck <laughs> it up. So, um, but yeah, you can, you can tell, you can tell. And then when you look at people's bios, you can see where they came from. And a lot of people that started out working as a barman or something, you know, they're going to be outgoing. You, you can know that they're, you know what I mean? Whereas if you're just academic the whole way and you can see that you've never met a person, mm -hmm. 
then you know that there's going to be a problem with me and them because that's a different conversation. Um, so that's going to be a, a very structured Excel sheet type conversation. And I can't expand with that. I need somebody that knows everybody in that country. I need somebody that understands my technology. And as I said, if, if the lights switch yeah. on, when I tell them what I can do, and if the lights switch on, that I know they're on the same level as my thought process and my technology. If the lights don't go on, and that happens, um, it happens a lot, depending on the level of, of the person. Um, if the lights don't go on, then I need to stop and just move on because this person's only after money and he's not going to have the energy or she's not going to have the energy to sell it properly. Like so, um, Understood. Yeah, I suppose All right. that's it. And more precisely, what type of messaging are you using to reach out to them on LinkedIn? What are you using? Because I'm guessing that you're not going with a hard sell mindset, right? So what type of messaging are you typing? Just to give some examples here. Uh, um, again, it's down to who they are. In, I don't have I don't have a template that I use every day. I actually read your profile and then I actually talk to them and I'll tell them. I might go in with the e-commerce growth show from a different country and ask them to be a guest in it. And then if I see they're good enough while I'm asking them to be a guest, then I'll say, listen, do you want to have another conversation next week? I actually want to go into your country. Um, let's have a chat and let's see if I can make you money and grow whatever your needs mm. are as well at the same time. So um, it, it wouldn't be, you can't do what I do and put it into a of template. Course. Um, just fishing for, yeah, of, of course, just like, fishing so. for examples that it can inspire others, right? That's just why I'm asking the question. Yeah, no, there isn't. To be honest with you, you you just got to say hello. You've just got to be honest. And I, I did use the grow show. So, like, you're using this podcast mm -hmm. now. Now you've got me as a contact. Like, of course, you know what of I mean? course. So step outside the box and use something differently. Like, so that's, do you know what I mean? That's, that's the way the world is going now. So ask somebody to actually comment on something or ask them to review something. And you'd be amazed. There are a lot of people that just won't bother asking or talking to you anyway because they're in their own mm -hmm. little bubble and... They don't want to expand their minds, their network, or they just believe you just want to sell to them, and that's it. Like So um, you're going to have a failure rate of probably, out of every 100 person that you talk to, maybe 10 will come back to you. Like, But you don't want the 100 anyway. You want 10 good ones rather than a load of average of people. Like, but Yeah, there is no template. Read the person's profile, have a look, see what they're talking about. And if it matches what you're talking about, then reach out and tell them that. Like, Perfect. That's uh, what I was uh, trying to go for. You mentioned that, and uh, I think it's important, as you said, to find someone that's culturally similar to you, as you, as you mentioned. And then you said something that I liked a lot, and that I think goes back to the theme of today's episode is the, the aim is not to sell. And you actually mentioned when we talked together last week, that you spend four or five years, the last four or five years to do the opposite from what everybody else is actually doing. And I really like that. How do you manage to generate revenue at the end of the day, but 
your aim and your goal is to go for actions or lead generation actions that's with with the purpose, as you said earlier, of not selling. So I suppose it goes back to knowing where your customer is. Um, so you know your if your customer is on LinkedIn, um, your customer or not your customer, but your lead, the guy that you're after, um, you have to imagine you're going to hit them with a message. What do they do? They're an e-commerce manager in my case, or they're um, they're a head of digital or whatever. Um, so what are they connected with? So the email guy wants to be talking to them. The payments guy wants to talk to them. Um, there is a long, 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 long list of people that want to talk to them. Um, so they're all going to send them a message. Like Monday morning, I get every, I won't even mention in case I get in trouble, but like my LinkedIn is chock-a-block on a Monday morning from one particular country, actually, every Monday morning, and it's the same thing. Do you want this? And I'm kind of going, no, not really. Um, and I click the no button and I move on. Um, so if you, if I'm getting 20 and 30 of these messages on a Monday um, that are of no value to me and they're not offering me value, then and they're just completely selling to me with no value whatsoever, then they, the guy that you're chasing after must be getting 30 times that. Um, so that was the point where I kind of went, am I part of the noise that's around them, the white noise? Am I part of that? Are my competition part of that? And yes, they are. And I actually registered for all of my competitors' newsletters, mm -hmm. emails. Um, I'm down. I get all of their mailings about everything, webinars, the whole lot. And I'm getting these messages every single day. And they're all the exact same. And you can't tell the difference. They're all the most amazing tools in the world. But they're all the exact same. And you couldn't tell one from the other. Um, and that's when I kind of went, I don't do that. I do a lot more. So then I talk about different things that are going to affect your business. Um, so that's where it came from. I don't want to sell anymore. Um, so what happened then was is the e-commerce growth show started bringing value and education into people's lives. Um, then it moved into the e-commerce workshop, which has gone around Europe and has been a huge success. And um, now I'm growth hacking the entire, I'm actually growth hacking the people in the businesses now with a colleague of mine in Scotland from Why Mindset, I'm growth hacking. He's growth hacking them for me at my workshops or not my workshops, but I've got partners. We're all getting together. We're all sharing our knowledge. We're not asking you for anything. We're not selling you our products. We're just giving you value. And if you think we know what we're doing and if you think we can help you and deliver, then I will talk to you about sales as well. And this has moved across Europe and uh, has gathered great momentum. Um, it actually started in Belgrade a year or two ago, and it's moved since then. And so it's about bringing value to them and educating them and let them tell you that they want you rather than the way around. You also have to do other messaging on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. You don't give up on channels, but... You just have to make it a bit more value add than desperation. Can we spend a little time on that? Um, the events that you're organizing with your partners, 
Can you explain us a little bit more? How did you set up the first one to get, I would say, some potential prospects? I don't want to give away too many, too many. I don't. I don't want to give away too many of my secrets because I, I know my competitors are watching me as closely as I'm watching them. But like, no, what it is is it goes back to that cultural piece. So my brain, I know goes on and on and on. It's constantly sparking away about the next best, not the next best thing, but how to add layers on, how to connect your complete customer journey, how to take your data from your bricks and mortar store and make your website change because it's sunny in one store, it's snowing. And I had this conversation today uh, in Romania where one store was in Transylvania and it was snowing and the other store was in Bucharest and it wasn't snowing and how do I show one customer one thing and another customer the other and I was talking about total connectivity and um, the customers are going this is great um, it's a different direction to everybody else and I need somebody else that can join that journey so I need somebody else that believes in total connectivity and um, so I've got other partners uh, around the globe. I've got email partners. I've got SEO partners. I've got developers. And anybody that has something unusual to talk about that can add growth and value to you, and I can see it during the customer journey, then I can see that they they should go to the, go to come to the event with me. Um, so, for instance, in... In Edinburgh, we had... Uh, and that's a physical event, or is it something online? Physical that's event. A physical, okay. Yeah, that's a physical event. Well, it, it is since since COVID moved on. It is anyway. We um, But like in the likes of Serbia, you had Alta, you had um, Iponadaf, a price listing site, you had um, an SEO company, you had... Um, you had lots of people. You went to Edinburgh, you had the likes of MTC and you had Dot Digital and you had um, Trustpilot, all these people that can affect how much sales happen in your business. Um, and then they all came at it from a growth thing. It's happening as well in Dublin um, on the 8th of February um, where you have the likes of AB Commerce, a big platform in Ireland. You have one of the biggest developers in Ireland with Granite. You have Dot Digital coming and all that. And we're all taking mm -hmm. a piece and we're all just educating what's going on globally, what's going on locally, what are the trends. I do a lot of stuff on mobile because nobody in my line of business none of my competitors have actually figured out yet until they listen to your <laughs> podcast that like 80% of all of our visitors to our sites are all on the mobile phone and they're all just uh, focusing on desktop um, so I've taught a lot on that part because I've done the research and um, I'm, I'm delivering what they should be doing and I show them I, I have like a mobile strategy for them that I'll give them and um, I have um uh, a growth strategy to give them and then I'm going to put them on a free growth roadmap so they're going to get a lot out of me mm -hmm. for free um, and then and then there, that's when the, the barriers of sales disappear and that's where somebody just kind of goes wow I love the way these guys think outside the box and I'm getting a return of investment my problem is, is people won't test 
mm-hmm. um, because they've been battered by so many technolo- te- um, before so many tools and so many different technologies around the world have worn them out and they don't know what they should be testing and um, that's my problem is they're 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 shy now of testing also it costs um, it costs. I know some of my competitors will charge you a thousand euros to put a search tool on the site, whereas I'll do it for free. And if you don't like my results, then you've learned something. We've become friends, maybe, hopefully, and then you can leave if you want afterwards. So I think that's the other thing that holds back the world is um, you ask a question, normally it costs you money to get Mm. that answered. So I'm trying to challenge that. With the workshops, I'm bringing in the best people. In Ireland, we have, in February the 8th, we have the head of Stanley Black & Decker Global, the head of e-commerce, standing on stage, helping you with strategy. And he's coming because he Um, has become one of your friends or? Yeah, both. He's part of my Mm. network. Um, Smart, smart guy. Um, um, He's... um, you know, similar culture. He's he likes rugby from South Africa. I'm rugby as well. So we've we've discovered that we're we're fairly compatible on many levels. Like I'm way better looking. <laughs> but, of course, uh, of course, right. <laughs> and he, but but of course, that's for later on. But um, but yeah, he's coming to give his time, and there's people sitting in front of him that are going to be given free education from a guy that's running a global monster really like and i have another guy richard miles who's the ex-head of lenovo their global e-commerce and he's coming to talk that day as well and we're not charging the guys that are, it's invitation only of course as well but like we're not charging them and there's no selling there's no branding it's just e-commerce growth ireland and uh we hope people will leave with value mm-hmm. and that they'll actually go do you know what these guys aren't mad. They actually know something. And that's where we've moved sales on. Let's let's not just knock on a door and say, hey, do you want this? Let's actually educate them and then see what happens after that. People who come to the events, do they come because each partner brings some and it's because they, they know you. So they come in and, uh, and you know, they think that they're going to like learn some value and great. Or do they come because of the speakers that you have lined up? All of those reasons. Um, we all bring our clients. We all invite new people. Um, and the speakers, um, Stanley might want new suppliers or wholesalers in Ireland. So maybe those guys will come. Um, I do find that there's a lot of electronics and stuff coming to this event in Ireland. Where's the next one? We're going to Manchester next. Um, and we've got a, an event in Bucharest and one in Belgrade. Um, and we've got about six other, we've got some in Germany planned as well. Um, they'll all have different speakers, different partners. Um, yeah, it just depends. Like, as I said, there is no, there's no one, there's no one strategy. You have to do everything, but. You just have to do it in a different way, like, and you still have to do a LinkedIn strategy to invite people, but it's an invitation one. It's you giving value. It's not knocking the door. I want to sell you things. It's come to this event and meet people. And I'll have um, customers of mine there as well that are all very happy Mm -hmm. with me. Um, And they may have a coffee with somebody and go, 
I'm with these guys three and four years and they've delivered X and Ken's at you, all right, don't be scared by his scary exterior. You know what I mean? And they, they, they'll, they'll have that conversation over a sandwich um, while I'm watching to make sure people don't eat too many sandwiches because I'm paying for it. Like, but anyway, <laughs> but that, that's basically it. <laughs> and, and how much of, I would say, your revenue is actually coming from these type of events, you know, from you uh, think, thinking out of the box? Like, is that 100% of your new business that's coming from it? Or do you also have still more traditional channels, I would say, or boring, if you want to call them that way, that are working too, out of curiosity? Do you know what I have to say? The traditional channels, I've changed them around and I've used my my new way of doing things. I've connected them all to the new all right. the old channels as well. So the old channels aren't old anymore. They've been revamped with my new processes and everything's interlinked and everything's working towards one goal. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying you're not going to get an email off of me going, Hey, would you like to increase your sales by X? Talk to me, click here. And you won't get me going. I'm free on Tuesday and Wednesday. I can meet you on Tuesday at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk. You won't get that off of me. That's all annoying. I, I get annoyed when I get that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I would say most of my, um, sales come from, um, They come from every channel, but I'm just doubling down on all of them and I'm making them about value. I'm not making them about, I'm brilliant. I'll have one of my customers sell for me and that's old school. We've always had case studies um, and we've always had the possibility of getting one of our customers to talk about us. Um, But where do you use that information and how do you... like? If you think about it, the person in e-commerce, they're not sitting on LinkedIn all day looking at gossip. They're not on Facebook looking at gossip. Um, Some of them could actually be in a bricks and mortar store working um, behind the counter as well as doing the e-commerce and things like that. Like, So you have to go offline as well to get your customers. And how do you do that? So, you know, you're just going to have to take a, a helicopter view of your customer and put yourself in their shoes and understand where they're going to find a message from you. And I found sometimes sending a message to somebody on Facebook to the shop got me to talk to the right person. <laughs> um, whereas you sent them something on LinkedIn and they never got it. Um, so it just depends. You have to try. Every I channel. understand. And if we. With a similar. No. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say that this was. One way for you, obviously, to stand out of the crowd uh, based on what you mentioned, uh, uh, trying to analyze like how your competitors were doing, how they were trying to reach out to people and and try to do basically the, the opposite. If we, I, I would say as a way to sum up a little bit and to try to generalize some insights to companies that are currently listening to us, how should we, how should they think about it like how should uh, how should they go about trying to stand out of the crowd as well if you had to streamline uh, to streamline it i would say into a process for them to just to think differently just like you did well i would say you have to be fixated on having a growth mindset so i know that sounds very cliche but 
the biggest thing about having a growth mindset is looking at your competitor and not being angry and annoyed with them because they're doing so well, but looking at them in awe and saying, why are they doing so well? What can I learn from them? And then rob all their <laughs> ideas and make them better. Um, don't just rob their ideas because you're still following them. You have to take their ideas and add layers and layers and layers and layers onto it to make it your own. And that's the biggest thing. If you don't know what all your competitors are doing and if you just launch because you think your technology is the best, then you're dead in the water already because you need to know everything about them. Uh, and that's the that's the mm -hmm. starting point. And I think that's that sums it well. And then, as you said, the growth mindset, I guess, just go further. You have to go through like finding ideas, trial and error, just like your ex-boss would probably kill you for. <laughs> Until you find, <laughs> until <laughs> yeah. you find the right way, it 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 doesn't. Yeah, I see. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not going to break the bank to try a different type of event or try a a podcast or try a vlog or um. That's not going to break the bank. You can't go to big, huge events and spend twenty and thirty grand on an event to learn mistakes you need to go to the event as a person walk around and analyze it like so yeah you have to think outside the box have a growth mindset and analyze everything from above and put yourself in the shoes of like you go to an event and you ask your competitors i i remember i was last year i was speaking to a partner of mine in germany he was going to a big event there he had spent nearly 60k just to have a stand at the event and he had seven personnel going mm -hmm. to it he had spent six months building up for this event and then i asked him how'd you get on what sort of an roi did you get and he goes oh i got like seven customers and i said is that going to get you your money back and he goes no but i had to be mm -hmm. here for branding and i was like going oh wow So then I kind of went, how do I actually get all the people I need and not have to gamble anymore? How do I get them in a room? Things like that. Like So that's that's the growth mindset is how do I skip all these painful parts? What do I need as those customers? What do they need? I have to deliver it. And the growth workshop is doing that at the moment. Like, And I know all my competitors now are all going to have growth workshops next week. <laughs> well, I mean, it, uh, it would just mean that you're excellent at just uh, diffusing your knowledge and uh, sharing it, I guess. But uh, okay, got it. So growth mindset is very important. And then try to, I would say, be um, innovative, think outside of the box to maybe use traditional channels, but make it differently and deliver value. I think that was also a big part of what uh, you try to focus on, to deliver value, to to, to stand out uh, of the crowd. Um, so let's maybe move to that last section of every podcast. It's called the Oops, My Bad Time. Whoops, my bad. It's a few minutes for the guests at the end of every episode where you have to share a big mistake or a setback that has occurred so far during the expansion journey. Maybe, Ken, if you can share some mistakes or one setback that has happened along the way that and, and that people can learn from here, it, it would be amazing. I can think of two things. Um, the first one is trying to, I try to focus on all the countries at the same time. Um, so I try to cover everything. Um, maybe 12 countries. On your own? 
and grow all of them at the same time okay. on my own, <laughs> um, manage it all. And um, yeah, it didn't work. Um, I think I watered down my my power, if I want to put it that way. Uh, I think I watered it down and it didn't have a huge effect. And I had somebody else mm-hmm. had to step in and point it out to me that you're doing great, but your your offering is watered down now. Um, uh, a certain man in, in, in Segmentify figured that out and I bit my lip, but I, I took my medicine. Um, I've learned mm-hmm. from him. And um, so, yeah, I would say, and I actually had this strategy uh-huh. at the start. I was going to go after Ireland, make myself market leader, and then move, and then move and move and move. And then countries came at me and people came at me from everywhere. So I lost track mm-hmm. of my strategy. Um, so yeah, that would be the first biggest one. And then, um, slow down, I suppose. Don't be desperate. I remember I had one customer, he brought like nine websites to me, um, in one go and wanted them all to test. And then he disappeared and I had egg on my face. And then he suddenly reappeared a year (laughs) later and said, right, I'm going to sign all the contracts. Let's go. And at least I closed them in the end, but I, you know, I should have just chilled out, just relax, test one, see how it goes and leave all the other ones wait and just, just, you know, that's it. Bring it down to basics. Uh, don't, don't stress yourself. The countries aren't going to disappear. You'll get there. Just uh, deliver in one. That's it. Don't deliver in any more. Deliver in one. And if it works there, then um move to the next one and change it to suit that country and people's needs are similar globally but the culture part has to come in and how it's delivered has to come in differently but um that that that's probably it yeah they're my two things and i think it's wise advice focusing and trying to bring it back to basics Thank you so much, Ken, for everything that you shared today in this episode. And I guess I just have to tell you until next time then. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much for listening to me ramble on and on and on. I'm sure you lost about 4,000 listeners in the middle of that going, is he still going on? It's a Friday evening. They're all going on. You'd appear now. <laughs> so uh, thanks very much. And uh, I hope to catch you on LinkedIn soon. Thanks, of course. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening until the end. If you liked this episode, don't forget to subscribe to not miss the next one. And please share it with two people in your network. This is how this podcast gets more visibility and can help more of us to work on international markets. See you soon.